0: Primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! Core World. Yes. You may fire when ready. From the bright center
1: of the galaxy, I'm Rex Kondak, and you're listening to Core World News, your honor and new show of in coverage for the latest stories for the galaxy. Welcome to our special 200th episode, a tribute to Qui-Gon Jinn. Now we be have Ben Gretta to discuss old pro. And Master Jenna, why go
2: hoo 200 episodes. Wow, it's 200 episode show. <laughs> <laughs> this is so, a celebration cast. Guy, like, a little bit of Wayne's world going on there. <laughs> yeah, I was actually going for Rick from Rick and Morty.
0: <laughs> oh, that's uh, okay. There you go.
2: Um, but uh, not really going for but that was what was coming through my mouth.
0: But I appreciate the more current reference you made.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Uh, hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Core World News. This is our 200th episode, so we felt like we should do a thing for it.
0: Because that's, yeah. that's
2: a lot of time, man. If there's like, it's almost four years worth of weekly episodes. Obviously, it's really closer to three years, and we peppered in a bunch of extras.
0: Yeah, remember that time we did a full week for uh, Comic-Con? That was a great celebra- was it celebration. We did like daily episodes. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that was a blast. This isn't going to be a flashback show, though, or a clip yeah. show. We promise. <laughs> but that was a cool it time. Now be. that you bring it up. Yeah. That was one of my favorite times. And we like there was like all this. Was it a uh, Rise of Skywalker news or less? Yeah. Yeah. Like Rise of Skywalker yeah. News. And uh, like every day there was all this new stuff. And uh, that was good times.
1: Yeah. The trailer for Rise and then Mandalorian speculation kind of talking about that. That was
0: so- oh, that's right. We had to like get on the pirate feed to watch the uh, yeah. Yeah. watch the Mando clip great times
2: yeah man so um so this for this episode we were like well we could do news we want to do something special thinking about doing a force pillar but then you know in a actually it was when we were all hanging out in um tashi station and uh yeah they were like or we could just do an entire episode on qui-gon jinn
1: yeah Uh, i blasted you guys on text at one point about just how great qui-gon jinn is and that are like why we don't use him as a template for like other character for other characters within like the, um, the saga. I was like that character, that sort of like deviator from the Jedi code, as well as being this kind of like guiding light for many other characters and, and, and kind of the ultimate teacher in Jedi, like that character is so compelling. I'm, I'm hoping we see another character like that in the future, you know, in like other star Wars movies later on and things like that. And I think like, it's just, it's just crazy to think that, you know, the reviews that the phantom menace got and then not really not really delving into what qui-gon had to say i think a lot of people a lot of uh, critics at the time kind of said that there wasn't a lot that the film was saying as much as they talked about the visuals and the spectacle of the film and i feel like qui-gon had a lot to say in that film and i feel like it's kind of unnoticed by a lot of people and i think it was highlighted with dave filoni in those mandalorian behind the scenes um round tables where he basically talked about some some concepts and conceits that we never really took you know into consideration which is you know this was the ideal role model for anakin and you know his passing ensured his fall and all that kind of stuff and how the prophecy would have got could have gone another way if he had lived and things like that and it was super compelling and we were, and i think that's what kind of spurred me into thinking about qui-gon more and more and his importance and so i just want to like throw that out at one point and i think you guys that resonated with you guys as well you're like let's do it let's do a qui-gon episode
2: yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, you were the one that sort of keyed me in on him. And I think it was even before we heard that Filoni episode, though, that was all the Filoni stuff was relatively new to me. But, yeah, Qui-Gon Jinn just has this he, this relationship with balance to the Force Yeah, that none of the other Jedis did at that time. I would say, you know, Ahsoka is sort of a modern version of Qui-Gon Jinn in a lot of ways. But... Oh,
0: you beat me to my hot take. Sorry, yeah. buddy. <laughs> That's fine
2: um we've talked about that a bunch too but yeah. uh yeah but qui-gon very much his own character and his own place in the timeline and it's just um worth doing a little appreciation pod on on my guy Um can i,
1: can I make the argument that he's the most consequential character uh in the grand scheme of the saga because i yeah i'm now leaning I mean, if you bring in the like, Legends material too, and you bring in like the Plagueis novel and stuff like that, it's 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 even more evident of just how important Qui-Gon Jinn is to the the overarching story. And I mean, his voice there's follow through with it too, where he's the the Force manifests itself to other Jedi using his form and speaking as Qui-Gon to Yoda and 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 characters throughout the Clone Wars, but then. Speaks And Qui-Gon speaks to Ray at the end of The Rise of Skywalker. There's real follow through with Qui-Gon being this kind of like through line of the guiding light and the living force and the sort of goodness of of, of the force and the Jedi that I find fascinating.
2: I'm fully on board with that, man. I'm buying what you're selling. I I think he is kind of the just really unsung. um, But the, the small parts that we got from him. Even in, yeah, just if you just want to look at the features uh, are profound. And, yeah, he talks about the force in ways that no one else does and is really sort of our counterbalance to like, well, yeah, so there's laser swords and there's a war and it's awesome. But he's like, why, you know, he addresses the the person in the room being like, why are we supposed to be defenders of peace? But we're also generals in a war, you know, or yeah. Essentially, we're a military arm of the Senate because he obviously didn't survive
0: until the Clone Wars. I mean, that's the interesting thing, right? Like, you can ask two questions about of Qui-Gon. What if a Qui-Gon was not around, in which case everything would have gone completely differently because he's the one who insists on training Anakin, bringing Anakin in, bringing him to the attention of Sidious, right? Like, if it was just Obi-Wan who ended up on Tatooine, Right. Yeah. Let's say this whole thing happened. He was like, no, this kid is too old. I'm just moving on. Whatever. Yeah, he would He's have skipped fine. right over. He would have skipped yeah. right over Anakin. And then Plagueis would have never known or I'm sorry. Uh, Sidious would have never known that his experiment in Plagueis, which is my head canon, led to Anakin's birth. Right. There would have been nothing there. He wouldn't have had his Vader or he would have
2: found him first. You know? I don't know. Like I Anakin feel like he would have yeah. been
0: raised the Sith.
1: Maybe, Maybe. Qui- Qui-Gon's entrance into the the story of Anakin's life is almost the will of the force in itself, right? I think yeah. you write that that point. Exactly. Like if I mean this is kind of inside baseball, but if you've read the Plagueis novel, um, there's some tampering with the force by Pelpatine and, and Plagueis, and then there's the idea that um they've conceived a kind of being out of the mini corings of the force and that this being can be harnessed and used for great destruction and da da da. But but if Qui Gon enters the picture, then he can he can shift the fate of this this youngster and and move move him or her towards towards the light. And, right. and that's what happens. He uh, Qui Gon finds the the child, and it's it's pretty it's pretty interesting in that regard. But without that context, it still works as it's fun to, it's fun to have the idea that of cor- Qui Gon is kind of. So in sync with the with the force, the living force, that he's able to sense that this boy's, you know, uh, yeah, abilities,
2: yeah. abilities, and to be sort of drawn to him. I mean, he is totally like he's almost just like. I'm trying to think of the character that just flips a coin for everything they do. Actually, they they sort of have. Um, there's one that throws dominoes or something. Oh, and yeah, the uh, the, the, the higher republic,
0: republic. higher republic. Yeah,
2: but like he's he's a step before that. But he's just like. The Force will just figure it out and I'll do whatever it takes, you know, because he's just so so yeah. down. And um, it's awesome. It's awesome. And,
0: you know, you probably notice that Grant keeps saying the living force. Right. And yeah. I think that's important because I don't think it's a to cosmic, cosmic. Exactly. And I don't think Qui-Gon cares about the cosmic force all uh-huh. that
1: much. I'm with you on that. I, it's fascinating because in Clone Wars, I think he. What's really crazy about Qui-Gon is he's very informative to – he's very important to the development of both Obi-Wan and Yoda. And, and the development mm-hmm. with Yoda is crazy to me because Yoda's lived for so long that it's, it's kind of um, confounding when Yoda's like, you know, you're alive. It can't be. You died. You'd think Yoda would kind of be spiritually inclined to, to, to know about the nether realm of the Force or understand some of that stuff within yeah. the, the 800 years or you know, whatever time he's been alive to that point. Yeah. But um, and then but also we've learned about the the kind of exponential aging of his species. We don't know like what, you know, what he learned when and how how he was developing uh, at the same time. But um, yeah, that's just that's interesting because he explains to Yoda that there's um, that the the living force is made up of all the chlorines within us and those kind of resonate together to create the wellspring that powers the cosmic force and he explains yeah. those steps to yoda and it's pretty it's like pretty definitive and it's canon like that is that's basically mm-hmm. how the force works and then when he talks about the force appearing to yoda you know as this force Ghost, he almost talks about like the force like manifesting through him and it's like this is the will of the force more so than it's qui-gon jinn speaking and that gets yeah. that's also equally you know compelling and so it's 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 cool to see that he impacted Yoda's life as well in such a major way, um, and I, I don't think we think about that um, as much as we yeah. probably should because it's he's it's pretty cool that that yeah.
0: again and I think it's something we'll come back to throughout the episode is this is a character that was in one movie yeah yeah and and and. I think informs yep. the entirety of the Skywalker. I mean, yes, yeah. we hear his voice in attack of the clones. We, we see him again, uh, or he's hinted at at the end of, uh, revenge of the Sith, which apparently he was ready to come back to. They even had it in the script, but didn't shoot it for whatever reason. And then he would hear his voice again in rise of Skywalker. It has some appearances in clone Wars, but for the most part, this is a character who's said minimal screen time in all of, even in literature, right? He's only been in, in terms of current Canon, a few of the books, right? I think
2: that's that's the beauty of it because I think yeah. he's the mystery box. He's the he's the hidden key to so much of Star Wars. Yeah, um, and you yeah. have to sort of search to find him. But when you find him and you read some of his lines, like he taught me about what balance in the Force means,
0: mm-hmm.
2: like very literally. In the um, they did the one-off comic with him, and it was called Balance of the Force. And right. He, you know, it's just he documents the balance of the force because he's just not sure. And he calls out the, you know, the Jedi council on, you know, like I just said before, being like an arm and, and not, you know, doing it. So he goes on a, you know, not really maintaining the real beliefs of the Jedi and the true Jedi. And so he goes on a vision quest and, um and he understands the dark. And it, I mean, he says s- simply the dark side consumes, and there's no balance to be found in such a path. So if you're wondering, like, Balance does not make, well, like, great Jedi. It's, yeah. I mean, it kind of does. It's sort of like being a Jedi is like, you know, you do the best with what you have, and there's darkness and there's light. And it's it's that you pursue light um, that, that matters.
0: Yeah, that's kind of my interpretation, right? Like, balance means, to Qui-Gon, you explore the Force. There is no one right way to to use the Force, to study the Force, but the dark side is bad. Yeah. Right. But the goal, the ultimate balance is don't fall to the dark side, but explore it and know that it's the dark side is there. It serves a purpose. And part of me feels like that purpose is to keep people on the straight and narrow. And this weird like this, this line.
2: Right. The dark side is a dogma. It's there's not a light side of the force and a dark side of the force. It's just like there's life and death and there's darkness and light. And, you know, and it's sort of where you go. And, you know, the dark side is falling straight down. And pointing yourself in the dark direction for your life, and then right, um, the slippery slope that that is.
1: He's also the ultimate diplomat too. Like his mm-hmm. his dialogue is excellent. Like he is he is having to make hard hard decisions at at every junction in this in the story, and he uses this cunning that's it, it's it's political cunning. Like he understands the political schemes and machinations of the Republic, and is able to circumvent them in in such interesting ways like it's it's just and his dialogue even serves that like if you just listen closely to his dialogue it's just it's very diplomatic he's almost the and I think we, we don't give him enough credit for being a role model and I think that's what the Phantom, Phantom Menace has to say is that He's a he's he's this role model and this teacher. He's really a teacher. We don't think about him as a teacher, but he's ultimately a teacher to not just Obi Wan, but Anakin and Padme. You could argue too. I think she learns a lot from just his tactics and watching him throughout the film. So three young people learning from this this expert teacher, and and I think just he's the idea of him as a role model. I think is a big message of that film.
0: Yeah. Well, and even in the expanded universe, he chooses teaching, right? Yeah. Because he, he get he gets offered that seat on the council and he turns it down to remain Obi-Wan's Padawan. So he, he decides to continue being teach a teacher and um
1: I have some personal yeah, and connection and to we, that decision, but I'll move
0: on. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, we, re- don't, we don't get on screen, but we, we get later on in the novels is this sort of inner monologue of him sort of being hard on himself and beating himself up as a teacher and, and thinking he's not yeah. doing he's not training obi-wan to the best of his abilities he might not be the best suited you know master to train obi-wan like it, all this internal stuff that i think developed in the novels and some of the ancillary materials after the films we don't really get a sense of that in the films i felt like daddy they, they were simpatico and had a great relationship uh, they did butt heads a few times in terms of obi-wan bringing up like yoda's teachings and things like that but i think i think that was just a narrative ploy to to get the audience to understand that that Qui-Gon functions on a different frequency than the traditional Jedi and Yoda and the Council and stuff like that. And so that was, that stuff's cool. But I think they're best friends when we see them in Phantom Menace. Yeah, Yeah.
2: absolutely. It's sort of how they got there. But uh, yeah, I mean, so you're referring to Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray. It's a masterpiece. I remember that, I I wish I could just pull our episode numbers, but we went like full spunky on like, just like on that book. We like that was a fun one. We talked for like three hours. And I just remember being elated after reading that and talking about that book with y'all. So there is um there is a, a past pod when that came out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's that really explores, you know, Qui-Gon's inner monologues, being a teacher, Obi-Wan being his Padawan and his learner. Um, it it also explores Qui-Gon being an apprentice to Dooku. Yeah. Uh, Right, which is you could imagine is a co- really compelling story. Like, what's it like to be good Dooku's apprentice? We, there's been other stories about what it's like to, like Asajj Ventress's point of view, but uh, but yeah, to be you know Qui Gon Jin in this like dark caverns, and it's like it's so cool because he's he's obsessed with prophecy, right? Young right. young Qui Gon's obsessed with, or actually no, Dooku's obsessed with prophecy, and so yeah, t- yeah. tangentially. Um, you know, and the Qui-Gon becomes interested in it because it's like forbidden fruit. Dooku's like, you shouldn't yeah, look at Yeah, isn't Dooku
1: stone. searching a holocron, but Qui-Gon kind of unlocks it like in secret yeah. or
0: something? It's like yes.
1: Qui-Gon peers so, into it a little deeper than Dooku does or something.
0: Yeah, I think yeah. Dooku was obsessed with prophecies with his previous apprentice, Rael. Rael
1: rail, uh, rail Averrof,
0: and I think yeah. what happens is that then Qui-Gon meets Rail and Rail kind of takes him to shows him or or basically says, oh, you should be studying prophecies because we were obsessed with prophecies. So something had happened prior that Dooku yeah. kind of moved away from the prophecies and kind of brought. And then I think Qui-Gon brings Dooku back into it, which yeah. starts him.
2: The, the Dooku characterization in that novel is very nuanced because you get yeah. the sense that Dooku is sliding into the dark side and exploring dangerous subjects and experimenting in dangerous ways. He's always had these dark side tendencies and, but he's still considerate enough to not want to expose his. Yeah. Like it's actually coming from a good place that Duke is doing it. But of course it's like, if you, you know, tell a child not to look in a cupboard, you know, of course they're going to yeah. run over and look in that cupboard because it's like, you know, now it's exciting. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, pretty good sword master. Um, he was trained by, um, Sinube, which is that, um, really slow Jedi we talked about recently. He made a appearance in the High Republic as a younger lad, um, and then we see him as, uh, an older gentleman, um, in Clone Wars with, um, with yeah. Soka when she loses her lightsaber, um, which yep. is a really fun arc, um, but that's who he learned uh, lightsaber combat from and then um, was ultimately taken under the tutelage of um, Dooku. And that's going to, you know, ramp up your lightsaber combat to another level. Yeah. Uh, just to keep going with lightsaber combat real quick. He also um, is uh, he taught, you know, Obi-Wan and gave Obi-Wan his signature style and he taught him all defense because he was like worried about him. He's like, I just wanted to make sure you'd always have an impenetrable defense because I want you to right. learn time.
0: Which, Which is, yeah. Which is super cool because it culminates in Obi-Wan's um battle with uh Maul on Tatooine. Right. Cause he uses right, he uses Qui-Gon's style to finally uh oh. deliver the last blow. It's it's just it's a beautiful moment where that moment on its surface is amazing, but just that one little touch is just so amazing
2: yeah that i mean that's one of the most i mean that's the most Felony moment you can get right there. It's <laughs> yeah. when yeah. Felony summons is all his I, the thing is he does stuff like that all the time and it doesn't get recognized but that was I, I think one of his most famous moves where he you know obi-wan baits uh darth maul by going into qui-gon's stance and you can see the recognition and qui-gon's like all right i'm gonna kill you uh, the same way I killed Qui-Gon, which is falling out. Yeah. Like, Cause you imagine Obi-Wan had gone through that lightsaber fight a million times. And yep. he's like, how did you fall for that? You yeah. know, for the face, you know, you just had to like hack through it. And he just, he does that. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's lightsaber combat corner, uh, with, uh, <laughs> with Ben and Adam. Oh, Hey Grant, how's it going? Mm-hmm. Yes. No, we were we were problems. vamping while you were having technical difficulties.
1: Yeah, no connection
2: errors on
0: my
1: side. We're all good. Yeah. Um communications I mean, disruption can mean no, only one thing.
2: Yeah, it's an invasion. <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> it's fascinating because I. I really did. I really do want to get into how Qui Gon connects to some of the Way Seeker sort of Jedi we're introduced to in the High Republic. You know how he connects to Ahsoka and, and Luke. And, <clears throat> and, yeah, and, I and definitely Ray want to Africa, talk about the Ahsoka thing. Characters, yeah, characters that have shown like to be deviators or, or descent You know, uh, from the, the Jedi Council's point of view, like I, it's fascinating because we've obviously talked about how like bloated and corrupt the Jedi became towards the end of the the Republic and the fall of the Republic. But it's like, it's interesting to see all these characters leave for their own kind of personal reasons, but also characters operating within the Jedi order, just kind of, uh, you know, on their own mission, you know, like, like Qui-Gon is. It's like, he's definitely a man on a mission in the Phantom Menace. He even like explicitly says this to Anakin, like early in the film where he's like, He's like, you're seeing right through our plans, Anakin. Like, I'm, you know, we're on a mission to the to, to core, to, to, to Coruscant, you know, uh, we have an urgent message, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And it's just like, that was so compelling for a Star Wars film is to have a Jedi who has, you know, who's highly skilled, um, who's seasoned, um, be at the center of the story and be the person on the mission. And I thought that was such a great kind of formula for the, a future Star Wars film or, or future Star Wars storytelling, which is just give the season Jedi the kind of the, the reins to, to guide the beginning of the movie and they can die and they can dissipate and they can fall out of the story. But it's, it was, it was such a fun formula. I thought.
0: Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. Before we start doing kind of comparisons, I want to ask kind of another, what if question, right? We talked a bit about what if Qui-Gon didn't find um, Anakin or wasn't part of the Jedi order. And, and, the, the next question is, is, and I'll narrow this down. Otherwise, we'd ha- we'll have a three hour podcast. Is is what if, what if he beat Maul? What if he survived? And specifically, do you think he would have remained part of the Jedi Order throughout what we see in episodes two and three?
2: That's so funny. I was going to ask the exact
0: same
2: <laughs> this on the same way, but like specifically the Clone Wars, as I was going to say. Was yeah, and like, uh, maybe we can just start there. It's like. Would he have fought in the Clone Wars?
0: Is I don't that the think will of the Force? So. Yeah, I
2: mean, will of the I, Force be like you have to be a general in the in the Republic Army, or would he have absconded?
0: Yeah, I think he'd be out. I don't think he he would not have joined uh, Dooku as Dooku suggests in Episode Two, but I think he's done. I think at that point he would see the Jedi Order as what it became and left, and maybe try to change things on his own. But I, I think he would have seen the writing on the wall
1: yeah i feel like i feel like his whole doctrine with the living living force is divergent from the the kind of the jedi and their 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 kind of connection to the cosmic force i would say like it's Mm -hmm. it feels like the jedi are trying to reach out and sense all things in the galaxy at once to be these ultimate you know police of the uh of the the core the mid-rim the outer rim everything and um i feel like Qui Gon's like, no, I, I don't want to live like that, where it's it's constantly like the galaxy's police. But I, at the same time, I found a new connection to the Force, which is living Force and people and meeting people moment to moment, and that's what I think Qui Gon does best is sort of diplomacy, meeting people moment to moment. And I don't think he's, I don't think he would go to war. Like that's he's the last person I would think.
2: Right. Be. Yeah. So two questions. One, um, would. Anakin follow him then. I mean, because now we're talking about Padawan Anakin.
1: Yeah, th- this is the ultimate infinity we're talking about. This yeah, is, this is the. I, I I imagine like like what you said, Ben. I think that I think that Qui Gon and Anakin would probably go into exile somewhere and kind of uh, sequester themselves and just train and be the like the most peaceful warriors and be like probably the most idealized Jedi that you've ever seen, you know, in whatever medium that that story takes place in. It's like, yeah, that's how I see that, that infinity story is that they're in like white robes on like some planet somewhere and they've attained the ultimate sort of peace, inner peace. Cause I think, I think that's where Qui-Gon would lead Anakin.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's like, don't you think the force would drag them back into that conflict at some point?
1: I mean, yeah, that's,
2: and that's, you know, Dooku, I mean, would have tried to recruit him as well for the Separatists. Right. Well,
0: I mean, here's the thing. If we get into the prophecy, which do, do we want to, but if we get into the prophecy, the prophecy doesn't say he will bring balance to the force by fighting in the Clone Wars. Right. So I right. think you're right, Ben, that he would have been drawn back into that conflict. Anakin. Through Qui Gon in some way to bring balance to the Force. If that's, if we believe in prophecy, which I do not, but if we're, if we're from the storytelling standpoint that Anakin is a chosen one, he is the chosen one, regardless of whether or not Qui Gon lives. Oh
2: man, actually, so I know how this plays out now, right? So if they're an egg, like, they're in exile, living their life, going on their own adventures, whatever, through the galaxy. Probably just, like, peacekeeping missions, helping people, trying to avoid conflict yep. and not being able to. Kind of like the speechy yeah. thing. Like, I just yep. want to chill, and it's like, oh, but i got to save this thing and whatever. Yeah,
0: yeah but the then, Incredible Hulk.
2: Yeah, so then you have, like, a standoff with Yoda against Palpatine, right, at the end of Return of the Sith. We would assume that would happen when he overthrows it. Yoda loses again, but when he regroups with Bail Organa, who does he call? I mean... Right. You know, it's like, I, who knows if, yeah. if Obi-Wan would have made it, but um, but then, you know, I'd imagine they would they would be like, we need to get Qui-Gon and Anakin because it's time to bring balance to the force. You know, that sort of thing. And in, in like a mature, full power Anakin, the confrontation isn't, you know, Luke and Anakin. It's it's Anakin and and, and Palpatine. Yeah. Which would yeah. be pretty and or and and Qui-Gon there as well. And I mean, I would take. Qui-Gon and Anakin against the field
1: yeah. sure and Qui-Gon and the Palpatine work as great mirrors too as like for Anakin especially they're sort of it's the Qui-Gon's almost the perfect foil for Palpatine but um so it'd be fun to see that interaction I think that interaction would be inevitable if, if Qui-Gon were to live and I yeah think, yeah I think I think Qui-Gon would do what's right I think that's what's great about Qui-Gon and and his kind of style of teaching is that I think he trusts his instincts and because he knows his instincts are good. And I mm. think he would, at the end of the day, do the right thing. Confront the emperor, do what he can to stop, you know, the, the takeover of the Republic.
2: Right. It would actually probably be the emperor and Dooku would probably be his um, the, still, you know, Darth Tyrannus would be the the uh, the second Sith there. In, right. In those final ballot battles, which would be kind of interesting.
0: Yeah, because then you have Qui-Gon taking on Darth Tyrannus.
2: Yeah, you could do it that way and then and throw Anakin at um, at.
0: Yeah, at. Yeah. Sidious. Yes, Yes. Yeah.
2: Oh, actually, he would be fighting, he'd be technically fighting his father. Right.
0: Right. Like, yeah. You have like, yeah, father fighting father, father fighting father or son fighting yeah. father, son fighting father in a lot yeah. of ways. All right. <clears throat> so I'm trying to steer this conversation in a specific way. And I've so far been successful. So, uh, we've talked about, and Grant had mentioned kind of the tendrils of connections we see in the Star Wars universe through Qui-Gon, and one of those being Ahsoka. And and I really think our our most uh, the most the closest parallel to Qui-Gon we have currently in the Star Wars universe is Ahsoka. Yeah. And I see a lot of connection between those two. So we can talk about why there's that connection or or, or what those connections are, similarities. But, but before we do that, I want to talk about why. Specifically, Do you, what are the similarities between these characters' backstory that might give them this idea, right? Both would have left. One did leave the Jedi Order, we would assume, because I, I got you all to agree with me, that, that Qui-Gon would have left the Jedi Order if he survived, Right. So they're seeing similar corruption within the Jedi Order. And my question is, why? What? What? What's What's the connection between these two characters?
2: Well, well I mean, they both just, you know, they both looked inside themselves at very different yep. ages in their careers and said, this isn't what the Jedi Order is. This is not what the Jedi is about. Yep. And Ahsoka stumbled upon it much earlier, I think, because, I mean, she's in the middle of a war and things are happening rapidly. And she just happened to stumble across this terrorist plot and like, you know terrorist plot but like this yeah. insidious plot um within the jedi ranks to sabotage the war and and to destroy the clones and and that really opened her eyes um seeing that and you know i think that's what what planted the seed and when she was just like you know what this isn't this mm-hmm. isn't
1: right what we're doing here
2: and uh which is a very mature choice considering her her
0: too
1: yeah yeah i think uh, in qui-gon's case he sees that the jedi are being you know, overtaken by politics and bureaucracy to the point that they're making quick judgments and that uh, he's learned that it takes real nuance to make these sort of judgments, judgment calls. And then you see throughout The Phantom Menace, he's constantly having choices to make yes to make, that, yeah. that we're going to have wildly different consequences. And I think with Ahsoka, you get the exact same sort of behavior where it's it's case by case and it's nuanced judgment instead of just falling you know, uh, in the, in the, code, the dogmatic teams doctrine. And the dogmatic doc. Yeah. All that yeah. sort of rigid, uh, bureaucracy that the Jedi are now kind of burdened. Yeah. On.
0: The other thing I think is important is don't forget. they are both Padawans to fallen masters. Wow.
1: Yeah. That's that also see understanding that. And I mean, if you go by legends, uh, Qui-Gon's apprentice before Obi-Wan was actually a fallen apprentice in, in the legend, the Jedi, uh, um, Jedi uh, Academy, uh, Jedi Apprentice books. Mm, uh, that's back right. in the day. Oh yeah, yeah, I I oh, yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, about cool. that. yeah, and they so they have these relationships with other Jedi characters that are tinged by the dark side, and yeah. in some cases have fallen entirely. And so yeah. Ahsoka is almost the most extreme case where it's like her master is now the source of all evil in the galaxy. It's kind yeah. of it's that that's why I think her story is so interesting i cannot wait for that series because
0: mm-hmm.
1: i have to imagine there's gonna be some talk of vader like you know like if she's if someone's to bring up vader it's ahsoka you know what i mean yeah yeah i i would think i yeah, would i Hayden's would think back she... in the picture let's get more footage while he's, while he's <laughs> oh like... yeah yeah
0: well he's in the makeup already yeah. let's right <laughs> but i mean so if we think about this they both right and they were both they're both both their masters fell to the dark side fully after they left their apprenticeship, right? right? Qui-Gon is already a Jedi master by the time Dooku officially leaves the Jedi Order. Yeah, Ahsoka leaves the Jedi Order before, before Skywalker, before Anakin actually falls to the dark side. Right? It's pretty close to. Right. But clearly, I think not clearly, but being. You know, brought up by these two people who were being pulled to the dark side in some way, yeah. I think gave them this understanding of balance. I think Qui-Gon and Ahsoka have really that that very nuanced understanding of balances that exploring these things is important, but but make sure you protect yourself. You don't fall to the dark side, you know, knowing even on a subconscious or unconscious level by seeing their their
1: masters halfway along that path.
2: That's a yeah. really good point. Yeah
1: right. and I mean, obviously, we're not bringing up some of the, the, the High Republic characters that also sort of yeah. follow in line with that that idea that these are, these are characters that understand the darkness and the darkness within them at some you know moments, and I think that's something else that's that's probably going on in Ahsoka and and um, Qui Gon's inner monologues is is the darkness within them, but that we don't really get a lot of, but um, but you almost feel like those two characters are the embodiment of light. You know what I mean, like. It's yeah. almost like there's no darkness in them. That's my own kind of headcanon is that there's almost yeah. no darkness in those yeah. two characters specifically. And Luke Skywalker at the end, I would also argue is the embodiment of light, you know, like it's just yeah. it, that's just how I feel headcanon wise about those characters. There's no real math you can do or logic you can like, you know. No, do, I mean,
0: like, I th- At the end, Luke is more of a Qui-Gon character than anyone else. He's more Qui-Gon-like than Obi-Wan or Yoda-like, really. And I think Yoda at the end is more Qui-Gon-like. I think Qui-Gon, through communicating with, like teaching Yoda the way to come back, right? right? And and communing with him on Dagobah, I I think Qui-Gon really... And it basically in backstage of this entire Skywalker saga has been able to reshape the Jedi in the way that he saw the Jedi being from the very start.
2: That's a really interesting thing. I mean, in a lot of ways, he was the mentor to Yoda when Yoda was looking for answers at 900 years old. You know, after he had suffered his greatest loss and succumbed to all this, the person he leaned on was his former or was, you know, was Qui-Gon. And Qui-Gon was, you know, talked to him from the force. And explain to him, you know, where they went wrong and straightened that all out and straightened Yoda out and allowed Yoda to then be the proper mentor for Luke.
0: Yeah. I mean, all this stuff happens, it's all retconned, it's all being rewritten as as we're experiencing it. But there's something really interesting to be said with the fact that this entire saga in episode one starts with Qui-Gon wanting to take an apprentice and being told that apprentice is too old, right? By the person who 30 years, no, 20 some odd years. No, yeah, 30 some odd years later decides to take on an 18-year-old Jedi apprentice. (laughs) Right. Right? Because he's had this person convincing him it's not about age. It's about the connection with the Force.
2: Right. Right. And he wrestles with it. And it actually took Obi-Wan to sort of tip him back over on that. Yeah, I was just sort of thinking, I mean, I guess it's easy to look at Obi-Wan Kenobi as like a very dogmatic Jedi, right? Like, he follow, he's a rule follower. He, he does that. Like he uh, At the believes, same
1: time, Qui-Gon does have the line where he goes, I sense you're going to be a much wiser Jedi than myself. And that's always yeah. stuck with me. Yeah. Obi-Wan yes. has kind of attained this wisdom that is either the same level as Qui-Gon or, you know, slightly more, you know, he's learned a little bit more about the galaxy and the Force.
2: Yeah, I mean, his better half is really the Qui-Gon part. And he is, he does emit some Qui-Gon many times. Like there's there's a lot of times where he just yeah. Obi Wan just lets go and says, you know, what the you know, we'll see what the force of the will is and you yeah, know the will of the forces. And um we'll right. see we'll see what happens and, in many cases. I mean even jumping in the pit with Dooku, it's just like, Oh, we'll just feel this one out. Yeah. <laughs> it's like me versus the entire severist army. I feel like this is Yeah. It.
1: It's, yeah it's, it's funny that you bring up the uh, quite you compare gon to uh, Luke in The Last Jedi because um I feel like uh it's you're it's totally correct they both of them sort of in the single film that they're in sort of impact the rest of the the story right like they, right. they, they their death is hugely consequential and sort of changes the galaxy not I mean in Luke's case yeah it changes the galaxy Uh yeah. in gons case yeah it changes the galaxy but just in that more immediate moment it just changes you know Obi-Wan's mindset but um uh What's so cool about Qui Gon that I think differs from Luke and and differs from Obi Wan and sort of template is that Qui Gon is is sort of consequential to 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 the or to the origin of sort of the lead character. He's consequential to the plot. Uh, he's consequential to like a lot of the motifs and like the ideas going. He's almost like he has layered consequence in the film, mm. which I think is so cool. It's like it's so cool that that character kind of he he touches almost everything in the film every character almost in the film yeah. pulls off of off of Qui-Gon and I think that's something that's that's something I'm 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 fascinated by and I love that that character especially with the Anakin when you think about Anakin and um when you think about Anakin and uh Qui-Gon when you think about uh Luke and Obi-Wan there's sort of this connection to the origin but when with Rey and Luke there's really no connection to her her origin as much as just uh, I'm I'll try to guide you with whatever kind of you know, in whatever state I'm in now, which seems to be a sort of recluse kind of cremud. Yeah. In you know, in and Obi-Wan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Obi-Wan I would say is a little bit more tied to Anakin's origin. I guess that's true, and right? He's actually tied to looking over Luke. Yeah. 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 There's sort of this tie to the origin that I think is is in Qui-Gon and, and Anakin's story that's that's I think pretty strong structurally. It's like Oh, you have a character who's going to be a mentor, but he's also like kind of—he found this kid. He senses something important about the kid. He's—he's he's like a pivotal to the form, form, you know, the development of 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 his story. It's 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 cool. It's a really cool structure and formula for for uh, I,
2: Jedi. That's what I thought Luke was going to be in uh, the sequel trilogy. I thought me too. I thought it was he going to
1: be like Obi Wan. I thought it was going to be yeah. let's take from Qui Gon and let's riff off the prophecy of the Chosen One in a way that pays homage to the prequels even though they were badly received but just something that redeems sort of that idea and does it in a fun way where you basically do the, the Qui-Gon stuff but um, you do it you do it in a more interesting way I guess you do it in a way that's not focused on world building and more focused on uh, Jedi teaching I don't know like that's kind of yeah
0: like you're so can I can we kind into of this discussion of kind of will the force Qui-Gon just seems to be this like Branch on the river, floating down the river of the force, right? Wherever the force leads me, this is what I do. And the force led him to two things in that first movie. It led him to Jar Jar, right? Yeah. Who, at the end of the day, is the deciding vote that gives Palpatine the power to take oh, over there the is galaxy.
2: that also, yeah.
0: And it leads him to basically insist on this apprentice who turns into Darth Vader, palpatine's right hand man at the end of the day this is not me saying that qui-gon was wrong it's just really interesting when you look at this is that he's really just the force of saying yes this stuff has to happen to wipe the slate clean to start anew as we do in the original and sequel trilogy right so it's this really interesting thing where you look at like long-term versus short-term consequences of his decisions of just being this being that's being forced through the will of the force i just said being twice and forced twice in the same sentence
1: what's what's so fast so i i love all that yeah that's utterly fascinating what i think would be super compelling is if if i hate to be revisionist of the sequel trilogy but like something where it's like what the Plagueis books kind of add to the context of the prequels, but do that live action, basically have a dark Lord and have a arch Jedi sort of arguing, like fighting over the fate of an, of an almighty, of a, you know, almighty force wielder of some kind, but yeah. have, have that done in real time uh, in a way that that book kind of presents, you know, like the Plagueis and Qui-Gon kind of mirroring is fascinating if you add that Plagueis book to the context and, to see something, something like that in real time would be really special. That would be really Yeah, cool. for sure. And cause, yeah. it, cause it feels like Ray's fate isn't regarded, uh, with as much as importance as Anakin's fate is in the prequels. Um, it's yet, I would say she's also a sort of chosen one figure, uh, who saves the galaxy, like in, in a lot of ways. And it's just, it's, it's fascinating because, um, it feels like, uh, it feels like we could have we could have done that origin in a way where her fate was huge, her origin was huge, and, and it worked in from the beginning in a kind of cool way uh, that the prequels sort of set up. And obviously, people, people may have not liked those films when they came out, but at least if it did the legwork to give you characters like Qui-Gon Jinn, why not use that template in future films and just do it in a kind of interesting way?
2: Well, don't you think, I mean... Qui-Gon was, a, like, just very practically from a storytelling point of view, like, he was the template for uh, Ahsoka. Like, don't you think Filoni was, like, I mean, he we know Filoni talked to Lucas, and I, I, I am 100% sure Lucas knows all the stuff that we're talking about, and intentionally, you know, had, like, drew those threads all the way to Luke Skywalker, you know? Um, right. But, I I mean, I, I just have to think that that, I mean, Filoni, who honors the um, prequels as much as anyone would just sort of like yeah you know he 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 made that character the Qui-Gon character again with Ahsoka and so I don't know it, it would have been nice to see another character I could have some more like that in the sequels and whatnot but um yeah at least they yeah. did it this is what I'm trying to say it's like we got we got one more version of it but um but yeah it's you know it his character it is just vitally important to the whole saga. So I would have loved to see a little more of him later on, but
1: um, there we are. And a great way to start a new trilogy. If you want to do a new trilogy, I think a Qui-Gon type, someone who deviates from the council uh, character on the mission. Um, uh, that That's a really fun lead for a star Wars film and can lean into like the mysticism in a really fun way because it's a character who's sort of feeling things out throughout the entire story. Like the, to start, start the story.
2: Well, we have a new era, be uh, you know, right now in the High Republic. Mm-hmm. Any of those
1: characters? Yeah, Elzar Mann. Elzar Mann, I think, is a, <laughs> a great example of a character who's just instinctual sure. in you know, uh, in every sense of the word. It's like he is, he is constantly just feeling the Force and and listening to it. And even Avar Chris is deviating from the Council's wishes and sort of aligning with Huts. Like uh, who, who 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 else you know goes to a Hut? you know, uh, uh, uh controlled planet, the Qui-Gon Jinn. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's connections there too. Like Avar, Chris and Qui-Gon Jinn nails our man and Qui-Gon Jinn, uh, Orla Jereni, the way seeker Jedi that were introduced yeah. in the Republic. Yeah. So,
2: Comac, uh, we haven't heard much from Comac, but, um, in into the oh. darkness, um, he was very much on yeah. it. It's just like oh, yeah. this, none of this feels right. Like maybe yeah. we should look at some of the dark Side up and maybe he's more Dooku than, um, Qui-Gon, but he's definitely, <sighs>
1: No, oh, there's yeah, still there. there. Yeah. And C- Comac had that cunning and that logic where he's he was mostly always right, which was great about. Comac.
2: Yeah, he was also he was a he's a historian and right, know, right. And, and a scholar. And so, you know, he went through that path of prophecy that, you know, that um, Qui-Gon did. So maybe that's going to be he could be that person. But there's definitely a lot of candidates there in the higher yeah.
0: public.
1: And I got to think that Qui-Gon informed a lot of those characters. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: I think I I, I agree. I agree with all those. I'm trying to think there's a lot of parallels. It's so hard, though, because as I keep reminding myself, we're the second part of phase one of three (laughs) phases. So I'm like, I I, I think maybe by the end of this first phase, which I think is in April, (laughs) We may we may be able to make a better announcement or pronouncement of who is the Qui-Gon of that era. But I think I think I think those are all likely candidates. and I can't think of anyone else that would fall under that. Indeed. Yeah.
2: A couple good quotes. So the top I know um, Adam and I both read the wiki for Qui-Gon Jinn today. Adam actually finished it.
0: but uh, the, to be clear, the canon, because the legend yeah. is like 150 pages long.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, though. so there's a quote on the top of it, uh, which was from Master and Apprentice. But it says uh, it matters which side we choose, uh, even if there will be, never be more light than darkness, even if there can be no more joy in the galaxy than there is pain for every action we undertake, every word we speak for every life we touch. It matters it. I don't turn toward the light because it means someday I win some sort of cosmic game. I turn toward it because it is the light.
1: Yeah, right.
2: And um, that's that's Qui-Gon Jin in a paragraph right there.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, he's just the guiding light to me. That's what that character was. And hit the, the the kind of snuffing out of that light leads to the Clone Wars, leads to the corruption of the Republic. It, it really he really was, I think, the beacon um, of light for the Jedi in a lot of ways. And. You can tell the council respects him deeply, too. And we know we learn in Master of that they asked him to join the council and things like that, too. And so um, just a really cool character. But, um, yeah, that's a great quote. And I love I love all that stuff that's that's mystic. But I I got to say, I really just like his diplomacy, like just the way he handles situations where he's like, I'm sure another solution will present itself. That yeah. won't be necessary. Like, yeah, yeah, uh, and he's like, you know, under the circumstances, it's best you stay on the ship or whatever. Like, like the way he speaks <laughs> is just yep. so, yeah. like, uh, yeah. I guess, like, uh, sort of like understanding and and um, diplomatic and and just sort of uh, non-aggressive. It's it's very, it's not passive, but it's it's kind of just like firmly oh, stating. Yeah, 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 it's assertive. Yeah, it's 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 just a really smart way of talking to people. And I think that's what why he's a role model in that film. Yeah. The he's, way he's
2: calm conducted. and wise and strong yeah. all at the same time. And
0: really observant. And like, I just love how quiet he is and how much he was just, like, I, I still remember, you know, talking about the Phantom Menace. I have I have like two. Very specific memories from watching that movie the first time in the theater. The first is the very beginning when there's like uh seems like the person's flying in. I'm like, what's going on? This does not feel like Star Wars to me. Um, which is how oh, I, I kind of this. react to every new it. generation of Star Wars because because generation past things change right like like so I let go of that pretty quickly, but I still remember that. I can still remember I have like this sense of memory like the smell, the seat feel, everything okay. of like what's okay. happening. The second thing. Which is relevant is at towards the end when uh, Padme reveals herself, right? Brilliant. There's a knowing look. And I love that moment. That's one of my favorite <laughs> subtle moments in a He's film like that a does not you, have not credits. credits yeah. Where both you can see both Anakin and Obi Wan are utterly shocked, and Qui Gon's nonplussed of just going, Yeah, yeah, I, I knew the whole time. Right, like it's just <laughs> such a great <laughs> little moment. It's such a great character moment of just shows how much he just observes and sees everything around him.
2: Right, he calls her on it, like when you know the handmaiden comes, like the, you know, she requests to be on. And he's like, "Well, the queen's not here."
0: Yeah, and
2: she's like,
1: "Oh, it's stewing." It's just such <laughs> it's great like, diplomacy of just that, like giving you're gonna her play that every ruse, You know, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah. He has the playful sort of cunning that yoda exhibits in empire strikes back because anakin's like oh you're a jedi because you have a laser sword and he's like maybe i killed a jedi and stole it like he's playful too like there's such a fun balance with that character like it's true it's fantastic like what a fantastic well-rounded jedi character to serve and a lot of critics at the time said he held that movie together like that character yeah, held that I movie together. That does. visual world building, kind of world building driven sort of you know escapade opera through space like uh, that. A lot of people you know didn't like certain parts of it, but Qui Gon yeah. held that. Like that character is a strong character. Like I think Which, that's universal now. People if, think. If we're talking a little
0: behind the scenes. It still amazes me to this day that the original draft, Qui Gon doesn't show up until much much later in the film. That basically Obi-Wan does everything that we see at the beginning of that film up until they get to Coruscant. That in the original draft, we don't see Qui-Gon until we get to Coruscant. And when they hired Liam Neeson, he's just read the whole thing. He's like, why am I not on this in this earlier? <laughs> and George rewrote the higher thing, entire thing with having Qui-Gon because they didn't know if what they were able to do with him. And so like, huh. I, I think Ewan
1: McGregor's amazing. But and I that's think funny because some critics say like he looks bored in the in, you know, in those early who, parts of the film Qui-Gon like, or.
0: Yeah. And or, I, I think yeah, that's a I mean, think that's
1: a bad assessment. Honestly, I think he's yeah. I
0: think he loves stoic him. and yeah, he's just I he's he detached, him. stoic and and, and yeah. observant. And but I feel like I and Ewan is great and I cannot wait for Obi-Wan. But the, in that movie, we, the, the Obi-Wan we see is not the Obi-Wan we know. Right. right. It's not the Ben Kenobi that we meet. And that's because that that Ben Kenobi becomes or Obi-Wan becomes Ben Kenobi after Qui-Gon's death because he takes on little parts Right. His, I mean, fallen I, I think
2: Liam probably modeled his acting after Sir Alec Guinness. Yeah,
0: exactly. You know?
2: like, yep. He's like, all right, I'm going to be his master. I'm going to shape Obi-Wan Kenobi so yeah. it makes sense that I would have some characteristics of his.
1: I think we're keying into what Star Wars for my own subjective point of view, which is that I think you have to have this like wizened old kind of like Oh yeah, like British, British guy or Irish fair, fair. guy at the center of like the like not the center of the story but just like a major sure. mentor a, a sort of mentor in the piece a sort of regal, you know, um sort of actor, you know. I, I feel like that's that's a yeah. fun. That's a fun side of Star Wars. Like I've always thought, that was the brilliant. That both Alec Guinness and Liam Neeson, I think, bring this real fun gravitas to the piece and this sort of formal theater to the
0: piece. Think fun. how great it'll be in thirty to thirty-five years when we have wizened Ray. That's great. Right? I mean, <laughs> he's a British.
1: You pitch yeah. the story, guys. So right. like, go back and listen. We pitched this story. We are psyched for basically like Grandmaster Ray. We we, I think we pitched Grandmaster
2: the Esther Empress Ray.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, we With have an empire of dragons. There. Yeah, we have a lot going on. Um,
2: Unburnt, unbroken.
1: Yeah. <laughs> dictator is what what Vader always planned to be. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that'd be pretty great if she was like a Jedi leader of the like, all right, we're just going to hand this. Actually, that would be so fun if because we're always like, Ugh, or what are they going to try? A, you know, a democracy, a social democracy, like, they, you know. They've done fascism, like, it, you know, like what political thing. But if they actually gave it over to like religion, to the Jedi and be like, you yeah. leave the galaxy with peace and like you're the beacon and like. You're going to run
1: into conflict immediately. And then that's the movie. I mean, like that's that's three. films. Yeah. it's going to be fun. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a great
2: story. Yeah, that would be a great story. Giant
0: these... statue of Qui-Gon in the middle of the new Jedi Temple. That's right.
2: She you ray did her research and she's like, you know. Who actually was the
0: best? Yeah. Well,
2: and we and know from this connection and all yeah. that. Yeah.
0: And Qui-Gon's known entity, right? Because there was that Skywalker journal that came out last year, the year before. What was that called? Say, so remember that? Scrolling real quick. Skywalker. It was the one that it was the one that was like Luke. It was the journal that Luke was writing. Um, The Secrets of the Jedi. Right. Oh, it's Path that book Jedi. That, uh yeah, no, people, this so one people
2: write in the edges of the book.
0: Yeah, but this one's different. This one's canon now, and it's the oh. secrets of the Jedi. It's the one that was supposed to be kind of Luke's journal on Act Two and researching the Jedi. Okay, because he writes a whole thing about Qui Gon in there, so he knows about Qui Gon through his research. I got. And in fact, this. names him an, names him an honorary Skywalker because of the impact he had, which is a little heavy handed. Yeah, but the most
1: consequential character in.
0: Yeah. Iron saga.
2: It's like yeah. I don't yeah. I don't know if you get to name one of a person older than you
0: your surname because you think he's it's, cool, it's, but okay. <laughs> that that, that, that yeah, sounds what... like um it sounds like Mormons converting people. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. In the I Great thought that Dark. was what the sequel um, was going to be, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I really did. I thought it was like the Church of the Force and Laura Santeca and all this kind of crazy Qui Gon level like believer stuff happening, but none of that happened.
0: But I lost my train of thought. The reason why I brought that up is not because of that weird factoid, but the fact that in the universe, we know that Obi Wan knows a lot about Qui Gon, or I'm sorry, that Luke knows a lot about Qui Gon as known empty. Very so, so I like this idea that Ray, yeah. the actual reading of the text, the reading of Skywalker's journal, finds this apprentice, right? Finds this kind of apprentice. And oh man, we, we have just demonstrated because an old canon. Force Ghost couldn't reappear after a certain amount of time. Oh yeah. That's how they kind of rewrote that so that Qui-Gon or uh, Obi-Wan wasn't just it wasn't just popping up every five pages. <laughs> right. Um but uh, last Jedi shows that that's no longer the case because we get Force Ghost Yoda. Right. 30 40 years after 35 years after his death. So there's a chance that we could have Rey communing with Obi-Wan, the ghost, the Force ghost of Obi-Wan.
1: Again, what's wild in Clone Wars is I think Qui-Gon says something like the force has manifested in like me. It's yeah. using me to talk to you. So yeah, I don't know if we're seeing Yoda, Obi-Wan Qui-Gon. I don't know if we're seeing them as much as we're seeing the actual will of the force, like taking, taking on there, taking, taking form, their form. Some, some kind and talking to someone, which is okay. so cool. And I, that's a whole podcast. In, on it, so
2: Right. I mean, I, so one of the things I read was the uh, chapter in a certain point of view where, um, Right after Luke um, leaves the uh, leaves the slaughtered Jawas to go check on his aunt and uncle, um, yeah. Obi-Wan's left alone. And that's when uh, Qui-Gon visits him, which is like, oh, my gosh, so, so cool to think about. Um, but I, I, Qui-Gon alludes to the same thing, Grant, where he's just sort of like he's like, well, he's like, you need to give yourself entirely over to the force, like connect with it on such a deep level that it, um that you do its will. And, and he's like, and because he, I, he comes in in various levels of um, concreteness. Like, yeah, you know, maybe. it's like, and I think it's meant to sort of explain what happened with Obi-Wan. Cause sometimes Obi-Wan's just a voice and sometimes Obi-Wan's like a person sitting next to you on a log, you know? And uh, I think they were talking about, that's what it is. So it's like sort of the more you give yourself over to the force, the, you know, the more tactile you will be.
1: And the nether realm right. of the force becomes you know hugely important in the sequels too, right? I mean, like the yeah. dyad stuff and then Luke's yeah. projection. Like I gotta imagine Luke is like using the nether realm of the force to project. I gotta imagine the dyad is able to connect through the nether realm of the force. I gotta imagine that's sort of all connected in a weird, ethereal, strange way. Yeah. Like, you know, like that's that's kind of the sense I get headcanon-wise, but
2: right. I mean, we haven't said Leia's name yet, um, but Leia as teacher of Rey was, you know, one of the the main things that Rey was learning was how to commune with her ancestors. And Leia yeah. also
1: brings Han Solo back with the force basically. Well, I mean, that's one interpretation.
0: I love I, that I, interpretation. That was my
1: that's my headcanon. I don't know what what you guys I love
2: do? that headcanon. The cutting
1: there kind of made it like I was like if you cut to her after I see him I'm going to be like is she doing this and dying? Like what's
2: how did you interpret that Adam? because I think it's probably the same for both of us
0: so my is that she basically opened uh Kylo up to his feelings and kind of
1: oh yeah, part of the almost part of feels like that but, across which, the galaxy right
0: right, which okay. possibly kills her just like her brother. Force projected and killed, right? So, so, and killed. So, yeah. So, I think that's, I think that's kind of my reading. Ben, what's your reading of it?
2: Mine was a dumber version of that where it's just sort of (laughs) essentially grief. And like he was, you know, its own in that moment of deep grief, sort of has this sort of apparition that he's, you know, I mean, it's not even apparition. He's not there. He's, no, he's he's having a conversation
0: in his mind.
2: He's having a a mental break, really. Can we,
0: yeah.
2: But like tomato, tomato.
1: Oh, shit. Early. Oh, sorry. Some Han Solo ghost uh, kind of uh, character appearing. Yeah. Uh, early, like in 2015, 16. Remember we started? The, oh no, yeah. we started like 17. We were talking about Han Solo's ghost needing to appear pretty early on in our podcast. <laughs> we we did. Um, we talked about yeah, it. was pretty amazing. And then it happened. And yeah. We and loved that moment. It. That moment was actually a highlight of the rise of Skywalker. Yeah. That isn't that. That might be the highlight. Moment. That, that moment yeah, that is like a about 15
0: minutes of straight tears yeah <laughs> because yeah. that's immediately followed yeah. by chewbacca falling to his knees in grief because all his pets have died and it's just like oh my god like it's just yeah. that and there's that, a that, couple like,
2: other beats too that are just oh yeah like,
0: there's a couple fun. more in there or just non-stop um but that so, was
2: like the most beautiful moment that, oh, that like so primes good. the the water works and then it's just all over
0: but i mean and and to kind of bring back to that as i mean it, people who have lost people who have closed them I, I'm sure know that you that happens and not not to that level, but you have conversations with people who are no longer yeah. here. And I don't mean in a, like a, a ghost way, but, you know, you have these you you play out conversations in your head that feel just that real. If you could talk to that person right. again. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, it's it. But I forever. Actually, it'll be Grant's headcanon because, I mean, they do coincide exactly right when yes. Leia
0: passes away.
2: And well, well you know, may- it could it, be Leia like, as Han. Well, I like right? Adam's,
1: I like the take that it's just triggering uh, Adam, uh, uh, Kylo's ability to basically generate Han in his own memories. You know, yeah, like that, that makes sense.
0: What's great is it doesn't matter. <laughs> Yeah. Any of these three things could be true. It all ends in the same place, right? It all has the same impact. And to me, not not, not. now I know we're supposed to be talking about Qui-Gon and I want to open up a thing. To me, that's a great Star Wars moment where yeah. it, it tells a great story. It has a meaningful impact. It moves the star, story forward, yet will always have the question of, what exactly happened there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. right. We know right. what happened. We know the impact. So that's what's a great. Star Wars moment is because we can talk for an hour about it. It doesn't change anything. Either of our three interpretations, whether it's the real quote unquote thing that happened, doesn't change the story at all. Yeah. Indeed. It's yeah, yeah
2: it's a it's a classic moment. And, you it's know, I, yeah. one of the well, best Star Wars. Just, moments it's a mythical about,
0: right? moment. It's just. Myth. Yeah. And it it's
1: is. sort
2: of that's sort of JJ actually doing Star Wars, just in his own voice, because it, it yep. rhymes, quote unquote, with his, you know, with what he wrote in the first movie. And so he was able to not have to refer back to the original trilogy, you know, where he can actually refer back to a moment that he created himself yeah. um, in the beginning. And it was probably the most powerful moment in the sequels. I mean, there there was a lot of really good ones, actually, in Rise of Skywalker.
0: Oh, yeah. But so many uh, cry moments of that movie.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was definitely crying when Lando shows up there, honestly. Oh.
1: There's more of us. But when, I mean, when she, us. when 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 Ray blows up the transport, like yeah, my heart stopped in the theater. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh wow, we're in for a real film right now.
0: So, yeah. kind of talking just now, we've moved away from a specific character. Somehow, God, I guess we talked about connections with Ray, but now now since we're kind of talking, we've we've hit it on this. We but we're talking now about like future projects, or talking about other things, like. He has to show up in Obi Wan, right? Like has to. Oh yes, he
1: has. to. Oh yeah, he has to. Yeah, there's no way he doesn't.
0: Right? Like even if you just even if they just do a voice and he calls in and they can't do a Force Ghost, like
1: Obi Wan has to have a conversation with Qui Gon at some point in that series, right? Because that's the triangle of the prequels is Qui Gon, Obi Wan, and Anakin, and they've got Hayden and they've got Ewan.
2: Yeah, Yeah. half.
1: They have to. So they're hiding Liam, right? They're hiding hiding him.
2: Because you're right. We we haven't given this as much airtime. Um, this That's is a really a good point, man. Because... Breaking
1: news. Liam Neeson most probably in Obi-Wan. No, I will say in. I will say 100% in. And if not,
0: it's because Liam Neeson said something really <laughs> problematic in the next right. three months. And then they edited him out. But uh, he edit him out. He was I mean, there originally. His,
2: Obi-Wan's prime directive is to com- from Yoda. I mean, obviously, I guess he's got to protect... Um, uh, Luke. So his second directive is to commune with um, with Qui Gon, who yeah. has you know been able to contact from the uh, from beyond yeah. the Force.
0: It's the end of Episode Three, right? You right. literally have a scene where Yoda tells him you're right. going to go talk to your master.
2: So it has to happen.
0: Has, it has to happen. Has to. You heard uh, it here first,
2: right? Liam yeah, Liam Neeson's actually going to be dialing in any minute now, um, so we should probably hold on for him. Um, I contacted ring, him. He's good. Ring, ring. Yeah. Just
0: be very careful about what you ask him about. That's right. I have a particular set of
1: skills. He's Ooh.
2: been in the basement drinking coffee for about four hours, um, but yeah. he's used to big crowds. So let's all give him a big hand. Everybody, lame, lame <laughs> Um Yeah. Oops, communications.
1: Uh, that won't be necessary.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I believe your culture has a thing called life debt.
2: <laughs> right. Full blown AIDS. Um. Yes. Uh. Yeah. So uh, short of that, anything else uh, we want to put a bow on this? Uh. This bad boy. I. I. I'm sure there's things we're forgetting about
0: Uh, Liam Neeson. He loves Wookiees, so he's good by
1: me. Yeah, he's fantastic. He's. I mean, I think he's one of the one of the greatest actors to do a Star Wars. Like, it's. That's all. I'll end it. I think Liam Neeson's fantastic. I think he did an incredible job as.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I'd like to avoid talking about Liam Neeson. <laughs> uh, his, his personal life. Uh, <laughs> it, and
1: focus more and, on the character. And, or not even just some sort of, you know, late night appearances and early to- morning news appearances have not been great, and, according to what I've been hearing. But, you know, there's a body of work there, and I try to look at that. And then, yeah. yeah.
2: His you know. portrayal of Obi-Wan is yes. somehow he pulled off kind of being the definitive Jedi in my eyes, like growing up, like what what I thought of about, like what a Jedi was growing up. That's a know, really
0: important point, right? Like he's. We don't. I mean, we meet Jedi in the original trilogy, but in reality, we meet two retired Jedi. Right. Right. And a, and a kid who's faking it till he makes it in yeah. the, in, the, in, <laughs> in episode six. Right. So we really don't know what the Jedi were apart from a couple of throwaway lines from Yoda and from, from, from Obi-Wan. So like that moment is really huge. When you think about putting together episode one, Qui-Gon's the first like real Jedi in action we ever see. Right. Like doing Jedi things.
2: That's why it was so critical. I mean, it, it baffles me that he did, that Lucas didn't have, um, Qui-Gon in right from the jump the way he did, because it's, yeah. like it, it, it's really important to set the stage and, you know, and I, I guess it's Liam Neeson's idea. So but it is really important for him to set the stage and uh, and be like, this is what a Jedi is at the, you know, the peak of their power at this time. Right. Which is good. Okay. Well, um, Hey, it's been a great podcast. Um, yeah, 200 yeah. episodes, everyone. All right. Yeah. yeah. 200 episodes We're the best.
0: Here's to another 200.
2: Yeah. Let's do 200 more, man. Let's run it back. Do it. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. it's an absolute joy and I can't wait to do these more in person. Um, well, we were not be able to do this one in person, but, uh, Fine. you will uh, do more in the future. For sure. And, um, yeah. Thanks everyone for listening to us. Um, I imagine most people probably haven't listened to more than a hundred or so. Um, We've- Casual Jason, you're our guy, man. Um, appreciate <laughs> what you do. Uh, Fletch, uh, thanks for listening. Appreciate you starting from the beginning for some reason. Um, and, uh, and all of our other uh, fans that we haven't met yet. Um, and friends, really. Fans. Yeah. Com- we're just all friends here. in yeah. a room. Together. Shout
0: out to uh, England. We were kind of charting this oh, week yeah. in England. Yeah, yeah.
2: Hey, England. Thanks for yeah. showing up. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'd love to talk with you all. We do still have our Discord channel, though it's you know, neglected, but the more people that participate, you're going to draw us back in. Um, yeah. And we haven't been able to do a lot of this sort of just thinking about Star Wars stuff, this freewheeling thing that's kind of our favorite thing to do. And it changes over time. You know, Looking back at Master and Apprentice now versus when we read it, a lot of stuff has changed in the Star Wars galaxy. And from what we've learned in the sequel trilogy and all that, um And it's good to know these conversations change with it. Yeah. Um, so I hope to do some more of that. But we're just getting so much content. There's something to report on every week. I
0: know. It's unbelievable.
2: And we it's are great. a news program as far as we yeah. know, get out early. So um, thanks, everyone, for listening to us. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. Um, enjoy Star Wars. Enjoy your life. Be safe out there. And uh, may the Force be with you always.
1: This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you, and good night. Remember, the Force will be with you, always.